His grace that is able to save us and keep us. Come on, you can give God a louder praise than that. The King of glory, the Lord of lords, the one who has paid it all, who has put sin to death, who has defeated the grave. Let's give Christ some praise tonight. Just half five your neighbor and say he has destroyed death. There you go. You can be seated. I'm excited about tonight, mainly because we get an opportunity to do something a little bit more special tonight um, in regards to the cross and to really uh, zoom in and really focus in on what Christ has done for us. And it is because of what Christ has done on the cross that we have been set free and that our chains are gone, not because of our good works or not because of how good we are tonight, but because of what God's son did on our behalf. If you have your Bibles, you want to get to first Peter chapter three, verse 18. We're going to camp out there. We're going to pitch our tents there. We're going to hang out there. First Peter, that's chapter three, verse 18. The title of my message tonight is Suffering for Our Sake. And there is no worse suffering than to suffer for something you are innocent of. It is likely easier to suffer for something you are guilty of. It is perplexing and overwhelming on the soul to feel the weight of this kind of suffering. Even more so is to suffer for doing the right thing. And we can all, to some degree, relate to this. Have you ever gotten in trouble for doing the right thing? And you knew in your heart of hearts, you were dedicated to doing the right thing. It is a suffering that comes, not because we deserve it, but because we do not deserve it. The human heart does not settle well in the face of injustice. I remember reading the newspaper about a man who was in prison for 20 years for something he did not do. And you can imagine what he thought about for 20 years. The weight of knowing he was doing the time for the crime he did not commit. And my heart was troubled for this man. We can reason and feel for those who suffer innocently. Yet, my brothers and my sisters, there is and never will be any greater injustice than the suffering of the Son of God for guilty sinners. It is a suffering that surpasses understanding. Jesus Christ is the only person in all of creation who has ever walked this earth, this planet that was truly innocent, pure, and holy. And therefore, for him to suffer is the apex of injustice. Christ Jesus displays for us how God can use suffering to bring about tremendous good. 
The cross displays God's wisdom to turn the most horrific event, the eternal son of God dying into the most glorious outcome the world has ever seen. And it is my goal this evening to help you see how God used the suffering of his son for our good, that you might be encouraged in all of your sufferings. So our text reads, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us back to God. And my first point tonight is Christ suffering for us. Peter sets the stage for us here by saying Christ suffered once for sin. And it is critical to note here that, that Peter says once. Prior to coming, Christ, before Christ, there was no sufficient sacrifice that was made that satisfied the wrath of God. Instead, they gave countless sacrifices for their sin accompanied with their works of righteousness. They killed millions upon millions of animals and sacrificed them in hope to be made right with God. Unfortunately, those sacrifices left the heart and the conscience of man guilty. They were powerless to remove the wrath of God. And then, family, but God, God put a greater sacrifice forth, a sufficient sacrifice, an eternal sacrifice. And this sacrifice had power to remove the sin of man. It was greater than an animal sacrifice. It was the blood of Christ. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Christ didn't need to die over and over again, but just once. Christ accomplished in one sacrifice what millions of animals couldn't accomplish in centuries. And so that you get the picture and the weight of this, the Jewish community, Israel, sacrificed millions upon millions of animals. And they did millions of millions of works in their own effort to make themselves right with God. But yet none of those sacrifices and works valued or added up to enough to remove the wrath of the Father. And so here comes Jesus out of glory and all of his glory into time to do what? To become the sacrifice that was sufficient enough for the sins of mankind. He laid down his life and in a moment he absorbed the wrath of God. And he did what no other sacrifice can do. Christ accomplished in his suffering what we could not. And in a matter of hours. Jesus Christ absorbed all of the wrath of the eternal God for his entire church. In a matter of hours, Christ accomplished what man couldn't accomplish for centuries. 
What a savior. What a king. What a God. What a savior. In a matter of hours, you remove the entire wrath of God. I don't care how cute you are tonight. I don't care how pretty you are tonight. I don't care how your hair looks. I don't care how your bank account looks. You don't have enough in your account to remove the wrath of God. And Jesus does it in a matter of hours for millions upon millions of people. And you ought to give him some praise for that tonight. I mean, people get excited about Floyd Mayweather, but I get excited about Jesus who is who, who destroyed the grave and destroyed. I mean, he gave seeing the KO. I mean, he knocked it out. He knocked it out of the box. I mean, he just took care of it. And we ought to get excited about that. Yet, family. It is critical. We remember it was our sin that sent him to the cross. This is why Peter said for sin. Do we take the cross personal? Do we see our sin on the cross? Or do we just see everyone else's sin on the cross? Do we personalize the cross? Do we see our sin sending the son of God to the cross? Because it was my sin that crucified the Lord of glory. He died for the murderer. He died for the thief. He died for the homosexual. He died for the liar. He died for the God hater. He died for the American. He died for the African. He died for the Asian. He died for the Latino. He died for the Caucasian. Should I go on? He died for all of us. He died for your sins, Bethel Gary. He laid down his life for you, Bethel Gary. And I pray that our hearts feel the weight of this. And it ought to bring us to our knees. What grace, what forgiveness. This wasn't easy for the father. This was not easy for the father to send his son to die for wretched sinners like you and I. An illustration of what it was for the father to send his son, a small picture. In 2003, there was a trial for what was known as the Green River Killer. Gary Ridgway raped and murdered 49 women. The family of these women had an opportunity to speak at the trial. And as they approached the podium, many of the family members herald curses at him. And they said things like, there's hell waiting for you. And I hope you die a long, gruesome death. And then out of nowhere, in the most darkest moment, there was a man by the name of Robert Rule who walked up to the podium. Robert Rule's daughter was murdered and raped by the Green River Killer. And he walked up to the podium and he looked Gary Ridgway in his eyes. Now this entire trial, Gary Ridgway is looking stone in the face with no emotions at all. As if he did not regret what he had done to these 49 women. And he said he sat there with no regret. And then Robert Rule walks up to the podium. Whose daughter was murdered and raped by this Green River killer. And he walks up to the podium and he looks Gary Ridgway square in the eye. And he says, there are a lot of people who hate you tonight, Gary Ridgway. And I'm not one of them. You made it difficult for me. 
to live up to what I believe. And that is what God said to forgive. You are forgiven, sir. And Gary Ridgway broke down in tears. Do you know why he broke down in tears? Because it is the power of grace. It is the power of forgiveness and undeserving love coming his way. And church, do you remember when the grace of God landed on your heart and it softened your hard heart because you realized that God gave what was infinitely precious to him on your behalf and he forgave you? Church, does your heart break that God has acquitted you on the behalf of his son? Does it move you that the righteous has suffered in place for the unrighteous? All of your guilt, all of your shame was put on Christ. The scripture says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the heartbeat of the gospel that Christ takes the punishment of the guilty and removes it. God displays his love for us. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God will walk up to the podium one day, my friends, on the day of judgment And just like Robert Rule, he will look each one of his children square in the eyes and he will proclaim to them, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Is anybody feeling forgiven tonight? Is anybody feeling set free tonight? You are forgiven. But church, what kind of love is this? That who he who is perfect is willing to lay down his life for us. Those who are guilty, that doesn't exist. That is almost unreal. And we need to meditate on such deep truths. Now, it is a beautiful thing that Christ has removed our sin. It is a beautiful thing that Christ has removed our guilt. But there was purpose behind the cross. And I want to contend tonight that the greatest thing that the gospel has ever given us is that it brought us back to God. It's not that God just removed your sin, but he brought you back to God. He could have removed your sin and left you out there, but he didn't do that. He removed your sin and brought you to himself. Peter articulates for us the purpose of Christ's suffering. He goes on to say to bring us back to God. The purpose of Jesus' suffering family was to bring us back to God. We were alienated and without God in this world. Our sin separated us from God. God's wrath was burning hot against us. And to draw near to him meant death for us. Christ removed the wrath and changed it into favor for us. He changed God's wrath into favor for us. This is why the veil was torn from top to bottom, symbolizing we had access to the Father. Prior to Christ dying, we did not have access to the Father. But since he has now died, he has given us access to the Father. And we can boldly approach the throne of grace. And I'm so glad that it's a throne of grace. I'm glad that it's not a throne of works or a throne of justice or a throne of how good you did last week. But instead, it is a throne of grace. And so we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Christ has brought us back to God. And this is the greatest news we could ever hear. We get God. And I must contend tonight, my friends, that God is our greatest prize. 
There is nothing beyond him. There is nothing underneath him. There is nothing outside of him. God is the goal. Now, many people in the room may want cars and they, and they may want clothes and they may want money and they may want fame. And in church, they can have it because, because I want God and I don't know about you. They can have all the riches that the world can offer, but I want Jesus Christ who is sufficient. I want the one that makes galaxies and the one that makes animals and and much more. I want the one that that gives peace that surpasses understanding. I want the one that fills the heart with joy. I want the one that raises the dead. I want the one that opened the eyes of the blind. I want the one that who is able to do all things. I don't want these surpassing, fleeting things that the world has to offer, but I want God himself. This is the one that I want. I want the one who lays down his life for the guilty and loves those who are undeserving. I want the one who reaches out to those who society has marginalized. I want the God who has compassion beyond our understanding. Jesus Christ has allowed us access back to God. And this is good news because he brought the thief back to himself. He brought the liar back to himself. He brought the alcoholic back to himself. He brought the homosexual. You know you're in that list. He brought you back to himself. You knew you couldn't enter into the presence of God if it was determined on you being perfect. But he brought the godless and the fornicator, all of us back to God. And so I want to say to you tonight, No matter what you got in your life, no matter what you're dealing with, there is freedom and a pathway back to God. And it is through his son, Jesus Christ. And we should tell the world about this great news, church. Let us proclaim it in our schools until our children come back to God. And let us proclaim it in our homes until our families come back to God. And let us proclaim it at our jobs until our co-workers come back To God, this is why we celebrate Good Friday tonight. We remember that our Savior brought us back to God. And we no longer have to live in our sin. We no longer have to walk around hopeless. We have a high priest that is eternal. And as long as he lives, we live. So proclaim this good news. It's good when they clap because you get to drink some water. Understand this, church. Jesus Christ has paid it all. All of your sin, all of your sin has been nailed to the cross. And may we leave this place knowing it is finished. It is done. It is complete. So lay down all of your works as a means to get to the Father. Instead, let us draw near to God in the power of Christ. Are you struggling with lust tonight? Are you struggling with homosexuality? Are you struggling with anger? Are you struggling with drugs? Are you struggling with pride? Look to Christ. For he is your way and he is your freedom. See him as beautiful tonight. And I leave you with this. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
For my pardons, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can my sin erase. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of works, just all of grace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful that he did not leave us to ourselves. But he sent a savior that was willing to be selfless. So that every single person in this room may not experience hell. But eternal glory with the father. Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. There is power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we ought to rejoice. We ought to stand to our feet all over this room and give God praise and glory for the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. The ushers are coming forward at this time. We're going to remember that blood tonight. We're going to remember that blood that has flowed for each individual in this room who has trusted in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as you take this communion, I want you to remember that the righteous has suffered for the unrighteous. While he was being bound, we got set free. While he was being beaten, we got set free. When we were doing our own thing and wanting nothing to do with God. He was laying down his life for us. He was giving up his life for us. And so communion tonight is what Christ has told us to do, to remember his death until he comes. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the
die for us. He gave his life for us so that we can have eternal joy with the Father. Really let that sink in tonight. That the everlasting, eternal God laid down his life for you. You are free, church, through Christ. And let us never grow callous to this good news that he laid down his life for us, that he broke his body for us. But Sunday we'll find out that that's not all that happened. Let us take the body together. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us take the cup together. Let's pray. The worship team is going to finish worshiping when we're done. Um, And really just let God continue to deal with your heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. We're so grateful, God, that you paid it all. And we can never fully comprehend the depth of what that was, the magnitude, the incomprehensible work that you did on the cross. But we're thankful tonight. And we honor and we remember you for it in Christ's name. Everybody say. The worship team is going to lead us in a couple more songs. And after that, we'll be dismissed.